on today's episode of the Blue Bloods. Uh, we have another guest on, finally, so our second guest ever, to talk the Red River rivalry or shootout or showdown or whatever it is. Uh, but he's here to talk with it about it with us. Uh, we have Chris Plank, host of The Plank Show on 99.3 FM and co-host of Sooner Sports Highlight and a bunch of other things. You're going to hear all about it. Um, so he's joining us during our Pick 6 segment. Uh, after that, we have our upset of the week, storylines, and we're going to cap it all off with Brandon's Gambling Corner. Uh, we have another big show. I say that every single intro. So let's go ahead and kick this off. Start our pick six segment uh, for this week. Uh, our first game starting at two thirty uh, on Saturday is going to be number one Alabama visiting number twenty four Texas A and M. And Texas A and M has not looked like a great football team this year. I'm not going to sugarcoat that. And so my pick is obviously Alabama. Um, they are sixteen point favorites at the time of recording, and I think that they can easily cover that spread. I completely agree. I think Alabama covers. I don't even know how this game, I guess, could really be that close. I mean, you saw Auburn held them to three points through three quarters. Clemson held them to three points through almost four quarters. And they just haven't – Kellen Mond has not, you know, progressed really. I mean, you know, he had a lot of hype coming into the season, but did it really matter? I mean, he has 1,300 yards, 10 touchdowns, but he has four interceptions, and he hasn't really been a true a true dual-threat quarterback like he was billed to be. So I think this causes problems for A&M, and I think Alabama just keeps on rolling. Yeah, I mean, they have to. Um, I mean, Tua's looked incredible. I mean, still not an interception from this guy. Um, you know, I think he's a really good college quarterback. He's like the epitome of of a nearly perfect college quarterback, like just what you want from them. I don't know that he translates well to the NFL, but that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about him in college. This is a college football podcast. Um, I mean, and this man has 1,700 yards passing, 23 touchdowns, no interceptions, like I said. And this Alabama offense is scoring 50 points on average, 52 points to be exact on average against their opponents this season. I'm not going to say they've played too many great teams this season. I mean, the best teams they've played have been South Carolina and Ole Miss, maybe Duke. Um, I mean, but that's that's ridiculous if those are the best teams you've played so far. I mean, we're, this is week seven. Yeah, and this will be, I believe, their first real big road test, if I'm not mistaken. It's their first uh, ranked team period that they've played. Yeah. I mean, they went to South Carolina, but they played a true freshman quarterback in his, what, first, second start? And they played South Carolina. Yeah. Not not great, guys. Um, not great at all, in my opinion. But and They weren't you know, looking the, great from the jumping, man. I mean, they, <laughs> I mean it, was, it was kind of a close game in the first half. Yeah. I mean, they were losing to Ole Miss, what, two weeks ago in the first quarter? But it doesn't bode well for A&M that um, Alabama had a bye week last week. And, you know, the last time we saw A&M, they almost lost to Arkansas. 
who is easily oh okay maybe not easily the worst team vandy is giving them a run for their money <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. but the second worst easily the second worst team in the sec but the thing that catches me about this matchup is you know is the home vote advantage really going to matter for texas a&m i mean they call the stadium the 12th man they say Calfield is one of the toughest toughest environments to play in but in my opinion, it hasn't really been a true home field advantage for them. I mean, you saw Auburn go in there with the true freshman quarterback and beat them. I mean, I don't know about you, Brandon, but I don't know if it's as, as a tough of environment to play in as, as it's hyped up to be. Yeah, uh, and I still think it's a tough environment. I just think this is a Texas A&M game or, or Texas A&M team that hasn't really progressed much um, since last season. I mean, we, we saw them last season. They looked super impressive. Uh, had some really great wins. You know, had some Pretty tough losses too, um, but this season this team just doesn't look, you know, to even be half of what they were last year. And so while Kyle Field is like just a crazy environment, um, I've never been. Uh, these are just rumors that I'm hearing. I'm, I'm kidding, uh, but I, I'd love to go to Kyle Field one day. Um, and, and I know that it's a great football environment. I just don't know that that's going to be even a factor when they're playing Alabama. I mean, they're playing the number one ranked team in the country. They're number one for a reason. Uh, they haven't really played a tough matchup or any tough matchups you know, this far to the season. They've got a pretty tough road ahead um, with in-conference play at least, but um, I don't know that Kyle Field can even, you know, start to be a factor in this game. It's just Alabama's clearly the better football team here. No, and I mean, what happens to A&M for the rest of the season? They're going to fall to 3-3 three and three if they lose this game with games against Georgia and LSU still coming up. I mean – you're paying Jimbo Fisher, you know, you just gave him the Brinks truck and he's delivering, you know, possibly a seven and five, six and six season. Cause I think they can slip up elsewhere. Cause you know, what happens if they lose to Arkansas game last year and they're sitting here at two and three might be two and four against Bama two and five, two and six. I mean, this could have got out of hand for A&M. So they need to put it all together. Cause Ole Miss is looking a lot stronger with the new quarterback, uh, Missouri's still looking good in the SEC. I mean, South Carolina's putting together a good quarterback. You know, there's teams that out here that could upset them, and they need to. They really need to figure out, you know, their identity and get this offense together. That's true, and I think a key to that is Kellen Mond is going to have to keep this ball out of the hands of, of these Alabama defensive backs. Um, this is an Alabama defense that is very hurt right now. Um, they're playing with a lot of freshmen. They're playing with a lot of very inexperienced players but they're still Alabama recruits. I mean, they're still great players. You know, that's not to knock them at all. It's just that they aren't as good as the starters would have been. But he has, he has to keep the ball out of their hands this game if Texas a and even going to have a chance. Um, we've seen him struggle with turnovers this season, which is something that we didn't really experience a whole lot of last year. Um, and he just – he has to get it together. I mean, he has to truly – I mean, he has to put everything into this game, leave everything on the field. I mean – he needs to throw for insane numbers, and he needs to be mobile in this game if, if Texas A&M is going to even have a shot. Yeah, and I don't think they do. I they think Alabama, they, they for sure I think, I think I think Alabama wins this game 20-plus. Uh, I think the crowd's taken out of it early. I don't think A&M has the defense to contain these Alabama wide receivers. I think Alabama really makes a statement this weekend, and – I don't want to hear the same people who called this win a quality win for Auburn, the same people who say Bama hasn't played anybody. After this weekend, I think we cannot say that anymore. And if Alabama comes out here and beats them by 20, 30 points, that is an impressive win that should go on their resume for the playoff. Yeah, I mean, it's 
It's got to be something at least. Um, let's go ahead and continue to our next matchup. So with the next matchup, we have Florida State visiting Death Valley, uh, visit, uh, visiting the Clemson Tigers, ranked number two right now. And they come in as a 27-point dog, and that's generous in my opinion. They're not going to cover. They can't, No, it's Florida State. I mean, they still have Willie Tiger. They're, they're, they're not going to cover. They No, they won't. There's no way they cover. I mean, this, uh, just, this is insane. Hey, go ahead and write that down. Go ahead and talk to your bookie. Do whatever you got to do. Um, I don't gamble, so you, you can for me, I guess. I don't know. Don't use my name. But write that down. They're not going to cover. You need to take. You need to take. Put all your money on Clemson. Put, put everything you have. I mean, Florida State is just a bad team. On Clemson? What? No, I meant I'm, like Clemson will not cover. Zach, we're on, two very, we're on two very different pages right now. Yeah, no, Florida State will stay within 20. No, get out of here. No, I'm just I'm just being honest with you, man. Are you serious? Uh, this is yes. insane. What, what because, yeah. because Clemson's been – maybe because they barely beat North Carolina, whatever. I mean – I mean, they haven't played anybody, man. Like, I – They played you know, Texas A&M. Okay, at home. Okay. Weird. Uh, weird at home. Weird thing to brag at home. about. Oh, man. Uh, and they just haven't looked impressive, man. They really have not. I mean, maybe the bye week helped. They are coming off the bye week. And, you know, what we got, like, me and Brandon talk, briefly talked about this before the episode because we got an update while we were getting ready to uh, record. You know, they said Trevor Lawrence got a MRI on his shoulder and, you know, that he had a shoulder injury for a few weeks now. And supposedly he's fully healthy now after the bye week. So, I mean, that could be a – a big X factor, but until I see it, I'm not going to believe it. I mean, eight touchdowns, five interceptions, uh, not great. Not great at all. I mean, it's it's still pretty good with, with a hurt shoulder. But, I mean, who knew he was hurt? I didn't know he was hurt. And now he's coming back from a bye week. He's coming back with his shoulder apparently recovered, and he's playing Florida State. They're winning this, I mean, they're winning this game by at least four touchdowns. Oh. I don't see it. I mean, ever since Florida State, uh, you know, has started Alex Hornbrook, who um, is the Wisconsin transfer. And, you know, this is kind of why I thought Florida State might turn the corner. And for some reason, Justin Blackman got the start. He hasn't played, I guess, terrible, but he's not, I don't think he has the leadership skills that Alex Hornbrook does. And, and, you know, in two games, Alex Hornbrook has thrown for almost 600 yards and five touchdowns and have led them to two conference wins. I mean, that's against pretty... NC State and Louisville. Okay. And I mean, those are two conference wins. I mean, for Florida State, the way they look to start the season, those are impressive wins. Okay, but that's like saying – I mean, that's like <sighs> if you were to argue with me right now that Georgia looks pretty good because they beat Ole Miss and Vanderbilt. Like the two worst I... teams in their conference. Is Ole Miss the worst team in their – what? Or Arkansas or whoever you want to throw oh, in there. Oh, well, Okay. Dude, okay, so look at the two games Florida State has lost. They lost to Boise State, who last time I checked is still undefeated and a top 15 team. And they lost on the road by one touchdown on a BS call to Virginia, who they should have won that game on the road. They went into overtime with Louisiana Monroe. Okay, yes, and – that was a few weeks ago, <laughs> and that was with a different starting quarterback. <laughs> this is insane. That was with, <laughs> that was with a different starting quarterback. Different starting quarterback. All of these have. All of these what? 
All these games have been with a different starting quarterback. That's what I was saying. That th- they were like this close, and then they switch quarterbacks and they start blowing people out. That's not by coincidence. Oh, this this segment has just turned into Zach and uh, I argue about the spread. Neither one of us gambles. So I don't even know why we're arguing about the spread right but, now. I mean, to be fair, the reason I have Clemson really winning this game, I'm thinking it's going to be double digits. I just don't think it's going to be 28 points is Death Valley, in my opinion, top three environment in college football, maybe the best. And, you know, I think Clemson's defense is going to make enough plays to keep Florida State from keeping up with this Clemson offense. Okay. I mean, they could, and that's what they're going to have to rely on. They're going to have to rely on their offense to to score points because their defense is allowing 30 points a game. Mm-hmm. I mean, your offense has to score if your defense just isn't going to show up. I mean, yeah. this is a Clemson team. I mean, I understand Florida, Florida State scoring 30, almost 30 points a game this, uh, this season. But Clemson's holding their opponents to 12 points. I understand they haven't played, like, a very tough schedule. Uh, I mean, their toughest game was Texas A&M, and we just got done, you know, tearing them up in the last matchup. Um, you know, they barely edged out UNC. I mean, Clemson has to turn the corner at some point, and that's what I'm hanging my hat on. Uh, they, they have to have a big statement win. And I know it's Florida State. They're not the best team in the ACC anymore. But, I mean, beating, beating Florida State soundly uh, would be some kind of statement for this Clemson team that I'm not going to say has been struggling, but a team that hasn't you know, been living up to the expectations that everyone had for them preseason. Yeah, I mean – I. I think for Clemson to make this an impressive win is to win by over 28. Yeah. I think, I think anything closer just shows that our expectations of this Clemson team might have been ex- way, way too high. Yeah, that's true. Um, but, I mean, we're going to see a big game out of Trevor Lawrence, um, you know, with, with this news about his, his shoulder um, coming out. You know, you can't just say that and then he comes out and throws two interceptions and a touchdown. I mean, he can't look the way he's looked the past couple of uh, weekends. And we're going to see a big game out of Travis Etienne, and that's you know not far-fetched. That's something that you know, we can almost go ahead and, and book that one. I mean, Travis Etienne is – you know, he's, he's, had, he's had bumps along the road this season, but for the most part, I mean, he's just looked incredible. Yeah, I mean, and I'm being kind of surprised they haven't tried to lean on him more. They've been spreading the running game out if you haven't, you know, in case you guys are watching the games. I mean, there's always two, three people with, you know, 10 or more carries. And, you know, Etienne hasn't been like their main go-to running back in some of these games. And it's kind of taken me aback because after the first week when he busted out for like 200 yards rushing against Georgia Tech, I thought he could have been a Heisman contender, but he's been anything but that recently. Right. Um, that's absolutely true. Uh, so we're going to see this Clemson team really, really focus on, you know, some of their weaknesses in the weeks past. We're going to see their defense step up. Um, if they're going to make this a statement win, we're going to see Florida State. We're going to see their defense do something. I mean, they have to, like, show up on this field, basically, um, and, and just stop this attack from Clemson. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to our next matchup. We have Penn State versus Iowa. Uh, you know, this is a Big Ten game. Uh it's an in-conference game, and we've been seeing a lot of that actually from both of these teams. Um, uh, Penn State comes in this one ranked 10. Iowa comes in ranked 17. Um, and Penn State is a three-and-a-half-point favorite in this one, and I think Penn State wins this one easy. They cover the spread. They, they do not. I'm just going to let you guys know. Iowa is going to take this game. Um, 
the Children's Hospital is undefeated. Oh, in case you guys oh, didn't you're know. Stealing, you're stealing my philosophy. No, 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 no. Hear, hear me out. Okay. Iowa, Iowa beats the top 10 team every year at home. Every single year it happens. This game's in primetime, night game. This Iowa team's coming out to make a statement after a tough loss to Michigan last week at 11 a.m. This team's going to be ready. I think Nate Stanley is the X factor. He had three interceptions last week, his first three of the year. He's still thrown for over 1,200 yards. He has a bounce-back game and leads this Iowa team to an upset over Penn State. I mean, that's that's real hot. That's a real hot take you got there. Um, this game is going to be – I mean, it's going to be a Big Ten game if I've ever seen it. I mean, both of these defenses look incredible. Um, each one of these teams is holding their opponents to under 10 points every single game with Penn State holding their opponents to 7.5 points and uh, Iowa holding their opponents to 10 points. Um, I think the main difference here is that Penn State's offense is just so explosive this season. Uh, you know, we, we see them scoring just insane amounts of points against everyone they play, except for Pitt. Uh, the yeah, Pitt game was an exception. Does, doesn't that prove a point that their offense isn't that great this year? No, that's, I mean, that, I, no, I mean, not I really. Mean, I mean, because Purdue, Purdue was hurt. Like, they had, like, 19 million people out. I mean, I don't even know how they floated a team. It's a big number. Very specific number, by the way. Yeah. But it, and then Buffalo and Idaho, are we calling that – are we calling those teams quality defenses? No, I'm not – no, absolutely not. But, I mean, we see them go up against Maryland. I mean, and Maryland looked impressive at the beginning of the season. I okay, think- Maryland. Maryland's offense looked impressive. Their defense did not. Okay, but – I mean, I get but, where you're coming but, from right but, now. But, uh-huh. It doesn't okay, matter. Just it doesn't sure. matter if Iowa can't just score either. Sure. <laughs> I mean, both the defenses are really good. So, is I mean, they're both letting their opponents score under nine points a game, man. Yeah. That's, that's impressive. It's going to be a low-scoring game. And I, I don't think Penn State's offense is, you know, that much better than Iowa's. I don't think that's going to make a huge difference. Can I be honest with y'all real quick? Or mostly with Zach, because he's the only one I'm talking to. This six <laughs> segment is sponsored by Brandon needs to make a comeback. And so Brandon's just picking the favorites in every game. Spoiler alert. Um, Guys, fade his picks, man. He is dangerous. It is. He's, he's like – he's Baker Mayfield dangerous when he goes out and throws three interceptions. <laughs> he looked bad last night. But that's beside the point. Um, no, uh yeah, fade my picks if you need to. I mean, I'll be that guy. I'll be the mush. It, it's the it, mush. <laughs> someone has to do it. I'll do it. I mean, whatever. Uh, Penn State wins this game. I mean, they're undefeated. They no, whatever. They played Idaho and Buffalo. Um, we'll Penn see. State wins. We'll, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. They win. It, it does. Okay. So, like one last thing though, guys, is how big of a matchup is this for the Big Ten? Because what happens if Iowa knocks off Penn State? That only leaves two undefeated big – or no, three undefeated Big Ten teams left, but Minnesota's not making – going undefeated. Just going to – spoiler alert for you guys. Um, that really leaves Ohio State and Wisconsin as the final hope, and those teams play. So, you know, what if one of them knocks the other one off? And then I think – I mean, so what, what happens if the Big Ten just cannibalizes itself? I think the Big Ten needs Penn State to win this game. I think if they just cannibalize themselves, they absorb the Pac-12 and they just become a mega conference. Just, I don't know what they'd call themselves. I was going to say the Big 12, but that's already a thing. Um, 
pack mm. the pack 10 maybe i don't know but they're just they're going to destroy themselves from the inside out uh and that's what the big 10 does every year i mean they they end up having one team that's undefeated or one team that has one loss but it was a close loss and then they end up in the playoff um i mean the they, pack 12 needs to root for this <laughs> because because if because if they can't have lost themselves and oregon wins out oregon could slip into the playoffs yeah they could but i, I don't that's this is a whole different uh subject but or there's no chance oregon wins out no uh, there's not they're they're gonna lose to somebody it's gonna be like oregon state but anyway let's go ahead and move on to our next matchup uh speaking of the pac-12 we have usc uh playing Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame's the home team here. Notre Dame's number nine in the country, and Notre Dame is an 11-point favorite. Not only that. It should be higher. Notre Dame, I mean, they, they take this game. They, they win it. I don't know what they do with it. They frame a picture or something, but they, they're going to destroy USC. Uh, and yeah, the storyline here is that USC has their quarterback, Keaton Slovis, back. Um, he's medically cleared to play, but is that really going to make le- <laughs> The legend of Keaton. <laughs> yeah, no joke. I mean, I just, five I, touchdowns, four interceptions. That's not very impressive to me. I don't understand how, you know, this this spread matches up with some other games we're covering. I don't know. I think 11 points is a little light. Yeah, I mean, it is for sure. Um, I would at least went 14 to like 17. I guess this game's technically a rivalry game is why this spread is so – I guess so I mean, close. USC hasn't been good since Reggie Bush was there. I mean, they look kind of good at the beginning of this season. I'm not going to say they were good. Yeah, against I mean, Stanford? Dude, we were all over USC. I don't we know were. Why. We were. We were. But, like, that was a trash take. No, it was a terrible take. I mean, that's what we're made of. I I don't know. I, that's what I'm made of. You're made of takes. I'm made of just, like, I'm, I'm, like, a, I'm like a garbage factory. Uh, I used to be a hot take factory. Now I'm just a garbage factory. I mean, I, I don't know, man. I just – I don't see how USC's defense stops Ian Book. I mean, their defense is allowing over 400 yards per game, 236 per game through the air, and allowing 24 points a game. And you have Ian Book coming in with over 1,200 yards, 13 touchdowns. And as I think last week he threw for five touchdowns in the first half. I, I don't see this game being close. I think Notre Dame – destroys USC and Clay Helton needs to just go ahead and beg Urban Meyer for a spot as like an offensive coordinator. He's not even going to be like an offensive coordinator. He's just going to go and be his intern. Um, so, I mean, we're at gonna, the Butch so, Jones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Butch Jones honorary intern award that you can't even visit the field or whatever. Anyway. So Ian book is going to have a monster game. I mean, that's going to surprise <laughs> nobody, but um, another player that I think is going to have a great game is Tony Jones jr. Um, that's Notre Dame's running back. Uh, you know, at the beginning of the season, you know, when they played Louisville, when they played New Mexico, he didn't have a great, uh, you know, he didn't have a great start to the season. And then he finally shows up against Georgia. And ever since then, he has just been going off. I mean, he's – and these numbers aren't super impressive uh, compared to the rest of the NCAA. But considering that most of these numbers have been made up over the past three games, I mean, it's, it's pretty good. I mean, he has nearly 400 yards rushing with four touchdowns. But it's better than just his stats. You have to watch this guy play to truly understand. I mean, it's like every time he touches the ball, uh, he's getting getting four or five yards. I mean, he's just getting huge chunks of yards down the field. And 
I mean, if you can't stop that, if the teams they've played haven't been able to stop that, I mean, Virginia couldn't stop that. Georgia could barely stop it. Then I don't, there's no chance USC stops it. No, I just don't see it. I mean, you know, Notre Dame's looked super impressive this year. I mean, even in the loss to Georgia, they looked really, really impressive and shocked the country about how close they kept that game. And they had a chance to win it while USC has just been one of the most inconsistent teams this year. To be fair, they've started like nine quarterbacks. That's all fine. But, you know, they, their big wins were over Utah and Stanford, which, you know, Utah is a quality win, but Stanford has been trashed this year. And then they lose to BYU and Washington, both good teams. But, you know, if you want to play with the big boys, you got to win those games. And I just – I don't I, I don't think Keenan Slovis on the road is going to make enough plays. We saw him on the road against BYU, and he looked average. If this game was at home, I think it might be different. But going to Notre Dame, I don't see it. And I think Notre Dame covers and takes this game. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to our – Second to last matchup, um, and this is college game day. This is a game oh that yours truly is going to be attending. Uh, we have number seven. Sick brag. Florida. Yeah, I know. I, I, had to, I had to throw it in there. We have number seven, Florida, visiting number five, LSU. And, oh, boy, I am going to be irresponsible this weekend. Um LSU is a 13-and-a-half-point favorite right now. They started out as a 14-point favorite when the books opened. Uh, it's, moved, it's moved to 13-and-a-half. That's absolutely insane. Florida has to cover that spread, but I think LSU pulls out a win here. Um, so, guys, biased, by yeah, the way. everyone knows I have LSU actually getting to the playoffs, but I told you guys they'll slip up somewhere, and I think this is where they're going to slip up. I have Florida pulling out a close game, probably a field goal or something like that over LSU. I'm going to refrain from uh, releasing my take on this. I spoke with <laughs> you about this privately. I don't want to put this out on the airways. I'm not going to uh, say that I'm scared, but I'm not going to say that I'm very confident in this game. I'm super excited for it. And I think a lot of that I can attribute to anxiousness. Um, I'm getting to Baton Rouge on Saturday morning, uh, Super early. I mean, college game day starts at 10 a.m. And this game doesn't start until 7 p.m. So I'm just going to be I'm just going to be roaming around Baton Rouge doing whatever uh, literally all day. Um, and my nerves are going to be eating away at me for the entire time. Uh, you know, Florida, if you were to take Florida, I'm not saying you should. But if you took Florida outright in this game, if you're like Zach, you think they're going to win this one. Uh Right now, Florida's plus 410 on the money line. That's a good chance to win a lot of money if they win. Uh, I'm not saying gamble. I don't gamble. But if you do, uh, I'm just putting that out in the air. I've also said I think LSU's going to drop a game at some point, and I think that this wouldn't be the worst game to drop. I mean, this has been a pretty impressive Florida team uh, with Kyle Trask taking the snaps especially. Um, If this were the game LSU dropped, uh, I think they're still in playoff contention if they went out. Yeah, I mean, the only – so I think there's some really good storylines to go along with this game with, you know, Kyle Trask only making like his third start in his whole football career for some reason. You know, King. yeah, will the moment be too big for this kid? I mean, this is going to be Death Valley at, you know, 7 p.m. 7 p.m.? 
Yeah, that's that's tough, man. These are the I loudest, mean, drunkest fans in the country. <laughs> I mean, it's it's gonna be something. Yeah, I'm 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 I am dying to see this game. I cannot I cannot physically wait, and I'm not even an LSU or Florida fan. Um, just a big you know, guy. Yeah, I mean, but then you have on the flip side, you have Joe Burrow. Can he continue to be a Hosman front runner and keep doing this? You know these outrageous stats where he has 1800 yards and you know 22 touchdowns but they have not played a defense that is as good as Florida's not even I don't even think I don't even think it's in the same like stratosphere of a defense I mean Utah State Vandy Northwestern State uh, Georgia Southern and then Texas and Texas's defense is not near the talented as you know Florida is and Florida's been really, really good against the run. I mean, only allow it, they're allowing less than 100 yards running. And, you know, running is not LSU's strength. So, season, you know, no. yeah. And I mean, so if, if they put this game on Joe Burrow's back, can he make enough plays against an extremely, extremely talented Florida secondary, which had three interceptions off of Bo Nix last week? I think they can. Um, I think Joe Burrow is super talented, and, and he has this kind of confidence that we just didn't see out of Joe Burrow last year. Uh, we see his cool, calm, collected demeanor this season a lot more than we did last year. He looked a little anxious, a little jumpy um, last season, and this year it's just like those nerves have just smoothed out. I mean, this man has ice running through his veins, and it's not even ice running through his veins. It's just that he has – I mean, he has a great receiving core. I'm not going to say the best receiving core in the nation. I'm not even going to say close. I mean, he's got some good receivers, some good targets he's throwing to. Um, yeah, but, I mean, will he have time, though? I mean, Florida leads the SEC in sacks with 26. The second-place team is Auburn with 17. I mean, that's – That's crazy. It's crazy. And that's one of the things about LSU this season. Um as opposed to last season, you know, we saw LSU and the big question was, Hey, how is that offensive line going to hold up? And so far they've held up, but I mean, like you said, LSU's, I mean, their schedule hasn't been super strong. They played Texas. um, But I mean, there's no doubt this is the strongest defense LSU's seen so far. Um, Yeah. I mean, and there's no question as to which defense is probably the better overall defense this weekend. I mean, uh, Florida's allowing fewer than 10 points a game. And LSU's defense has looked a little shaky, or really shaky at, at times. Um, yeah. I mean, they're injured. You know, we've got a lot of players coming back from injury this week. But, um, you know, <laughs> they, they, look, they look kind of impressive last week, but they played Utah State. Uh, Utah State's a super fast team, but they're not a super great team. I mean, they're not, they're not even half the caliber of Florida. And so it's no. a super interesting matchup. Definitely not. And, I mean, Florida also leads the SEC in interceptions with 12, and second place has seven. I mean, they are dominating these big categories on defense. I mean, that's a great in defense. The SEC. I mean, no yeah, one's arguing heck that. Of, and I think the key to, for LSU to win this game is, can you put this on Kyle Trask's back? If you let Florida establish a running game, it's, it, it could get ugly for LSU. It I really mean, could. Michael- and, LaMichael P. Ryan's looked impressive. I mean, he hasn't been the back that he's that he was projected to be preseason. But I mean, I mean, like we said in our recap episode of week six, I mean, against Auburn, I mean, this guy was going off. Yeah. I mean, 
I just I, I think Florida makes just enough plays. I really don't think this is an explosive high scoring game. I think this st- game stays maybe right below like in the teens below 20 if it gets into 20 it's the low 20s i don't think i think the first team to 21 wins this game yeah i mean that's that's fair um it's gonna really frustrate me because i've you know this will be my third lsu game sick brag that i've been to this season um and and both of those games you know i've seen lsu you know they, they hung 55 points on georgia southern and then they hung 65 points on northwestern state so um, I mean, we, we see, you know, we see a very explosive offense out of LSU and for, you know, for this game to score, not quite that, that amount of points, it's going to make me super anxious. I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, I, I'm just, I'm telling you, man, be into be nervous for the whole 60 minutes. Cause I don't, I think this game is going to come down to the final second. I mean, that's all we can ask out of college football though. Right. I mean, it's going to be a good game. There you go. I guess for the college game day primetime ESPN, this is what you want. And I think we're going to find out a lot about who's a real contender and who's not. Right, absolutely. Uh, Let's go ahead and move on to our last game of our pick six. And actually for this game, uh, we have a guest coming on to discuss it with us. And so here is that interview now. All right, and we have a guest on to uh, analyze the Red River rivalry with us. We have Chris Plank, the, the host of the Plank Show on 99.3 FM. Uh, Chris, how are you? Thanks for coming on. Good, guys. Thanks for having me on as I drive down the turnpike uh, between Tulsa and Oklahoma City. I was in Tulsa talking to the OU club of Tulsa getting ready for OU Texas. So let's go, man. It should be a fun night. Let's go. You got to be excited for that rivalry. I mean, that's honestly, in my opinion, you know, and I'm from the South, uh, grew up watching mostly SEC football, and I still recognize the Red River rivalry as maybe the best rivalry of all Um. Well, I mean, I'm biased. So, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm talking uh, – I, I, I don't know if I can win. I'm talking to a couple Bama guys here. So, I mean, am I going to lose my backside on this? But – uh, no, I, I think it's the best. There, there's so many cool things about it. I mean, there's what maybe one or two college rivalries that play on a neutral site where you have half one fan base and half the other fan base, and you know it, it's so unique because it's right in the heart of the Texas State Fair. So. Yeah, if you win, you can walk through and talk all the trash you want, and you're wearing your school colors, and it's a great thing. If you lose, it's it's the worst possible feeling imaginable. But yeah, I love uh, I love everything about this rivalry, uh, rivalry, guys. I, I wish everyone could experience it. It's a it's a really special special moment. You know, I on a on a personal side, you know, I'm the sideline reporter for the OU radio network, and that means I get to walk out to midfield and hold my microphone in front of the referee's mouth, even though the, our engineer usually uses the crowd mic anyway. But, um, yeah, it's, it, you're right out there at midfield, and you can feel that you can feel that moment, and it's indescribable. I, I know that we're all in a business where our words are used to describe things, but I, I can't even describe what that moment is like. So it's uh, – it's special, man. I'm really excited for Saturday. And it's good when both teams are good because usually the team that's bad wins this thing. So it's good when both teams are good. <laughs> no, it's, it's definitely going to be interesting this year. Um, 
I mean, we have Oklahoma, who's – I mean, they're obviously undefeated, uh, ranked sixth in the nation. Um, you know, playing against Texas, who's 11 in the nation, they lost one game. You know, they dropped the game to LSU early on in the season. Um, you know, but since then, I mean, they've looked super strong. Uh, but it, it, it's a super cool thing when both of these teams are really strong, and this is one of those rivalries where you just never know who's going to win. I mean, it's always up in the air like regardless of what factors, but to see both of these teams, like you said, coming in so strong this season is, is really something. Um, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, for sure. Um, and Oklahoma is actually in a, a 10 and a half point favorite right now, um, which in my opinion, you know, uh, and I do think Oklahoma wins this game. That's a 10 and a half. That's a lot of points. Um, I do think Oklahoma wins. I don't know that they cover this game, but it's definitely going to be a fun game to watch. Well, I, I am not a gambler. But um, someday, maybe I'll retire to be one. But in any rivalry game, you give me ten and a half, ten and a half points. I mean, I, I would. It would be hard not to take that. But yeah, you know, it's uh, guys. This is so fun. I mean, I, I can't even begin to uh, to tell you how fun this week is, and the excitement of counting down to these these two teams, these two fan bases. You know. Uh, you, you hit it on the head. Oklahoma, uh, Texas has played a really tough schedule. They're coming in at it with a loss, but you know they they played a tough road. You know they played LSU this year. They played a really good Oklahoma State team. You know, I mean, in, in all I guess fairness, Oklahoma played a team in Texas Tech that beat OSU and destroyed them. So oh, yeah. this is oh, yeah. this is fun. This is what college football is all about. And Saturday is going to be a blast. Yeah, and, I mean, we have huge playoff inf- implications in this game, too. I mean, because I still don't think the loser is completely out of it. I think Oklahoma has a better shot if they lose to get in. But I really, I, I, but I think both teams still have a really good shot of making the playoffs, and this could go a long way to determining who out of the Big 12 gets in. This is, uh, this is the ultimate game in deciding who gets in. In the Big 12. Listen, I, I am very appreciative and excited about what Baylor is doing, but Baylor's not getting in unless they're going 5-0. and uh, I'm sorry, 12-0. and uh, And in all honesty, there is just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. There is, there is no way that any other team outside of Texas or Oklahoma is probably getting into the four-team playoff right now from the Big 12. So, from a playoff implication, you guys are exactly right you know this is one of these two teams are going to represent the big 12 I mean I and again that's that's no disrespect on a 5-0 Baylor team right now and it's not meant to be but listen there there is no there is no way based on the way that the college football playoffs have gone the last couple of years or maybe we can go even further than that last five or six years there is no way that you're going to see uh, someone other than Oklahoma or Texas end up in the 14 playoffs. So uh, I think that's a really good point. They're, you're not going to see someone other than these two teams make the playoff in the Big 12. Uh, if you're if you're Texas, you got to win to stay alive. If you're Oklahoma, you got to win to continue to build your resume for this 14 playoff. So uh, that's a great side story to what's taking place on Saturday inside the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, for sure. Um, and one of the greatest things about think about this year is that we see both of these teams come in with, I mean, and these are two of the best quarterbacks in college football and Jalen Hurts and Sam Ellinger. Um, you know, obviously Jalen Hurts, a Heisman favorite at the moment. 
has thrown for over 1,500 yards, uh, 14 touchdowns. Not only that, but he's rushed for 500 yards and seven touchdowns this season. Um, I mean, those are just super impressive numbers. And I don't know, at least I didn't, uh, I could not have predicted this happening uh, preseason. Oh, um, me neither, man. I, I'll be honest with you. I, I'm still in, um, I'm still in a firm believement that if you're in a situation where Spencer Rattler had decided that he was going to come to Oklahoma early, and by early I mean during the spring, as opposed to maybe maybe coming when he did in the fall. I don't know if Oklahoma's in a situation where they end up wanting. Or I'm, I shouldn't say wanting. That's a horrible way to put it. But needing <laughs> someone like a um, like a Jalen Hurts. You know, maybe we're looking at a situation where Oklahoma is playing a, a true freshman. But yeah, I, uh, I, I I'm 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 fascinated by the way that Jalen Hurts has developed in this offense. I I think it's exciting for Oklahoma fans to see how he's progressed. And you know, they're. <laughs> You're looking at, at a situation now where you have three transfer quarterbacks, three guys who have played through on this on this front. So it's it's amazing to see how this has worked out for Oklahoma. Absolutely, and that's one of the things I wanted to touch on uh, while we have you here. Um, you brought up Spencer Rattler, the uh, the true freshman at Oklahoma, uh, and we see a history of Oklahoma going through. I mean, their previous two Heisman winning quarterbacks in Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray. And now Jalen Hurts, who, I mean, it's looking like he might win this trophy, at least at this point in the season. Um, Hope you're right. And, and we have to – we have to – yeah, just knock on some wood real quick. But, uh, <laughs> but um, I mean, we have to look at Stephen Rattler and, and look at the uh, recruiting process of him. And as, as fans, we have to wonder how he's going to perform in this offense, um, especially not being a transfer. Uh, I'd like to see how Lincoln Riley works with him. Oh, let me say this on that front because I understand where you're coming from. He's not a transfer. He's the guy that's been in here. But think about this from a transfer perspective. Uh, Baker only had about a, an offseason in Lincoln's offense, and then he had two years as a starter. Uh, Kyler Murray had two years as a transfer in Lincoln Riley's offense. So I think, you know, in, in all honesty, this may be – Gosh, man, I need I need your guys smart. You're the smart guys. I'm not. But <laughs> what is this? Is, is this like the Mona Lisa? I mean, think about this. Uh, Spencer Rattler could be the ultimate. He could be the creme de la creme. This could be the guy with the ultimate talent, the ultimate skill set that has the time in the quarterback room, in the meeting rooms with Lincoln Riley to be the the true Mona Lisa of this offense. So that is I get terrifying. Saying. But, you know, this is this is the guy that maybe when all is said and done could end up being the ultimate poster child for what a Lincoln Riley quarterback truly looks like. So, you know, I'll be honest with you. I think this is a really good football team. I think Oklahoma has a chance to win a, win a national championship this year. But uh, I think they have a chance to be even more explosive in 2020. When I look ahead and I think about either Tanner Mordecai or Spencer Rattler being their quarterback because – in Mordecai, that'll be three years in Lincoln Riley's quarterback room. In Spencer Rattler, that'll be two with maybe the ultimate skill set of the type of uh, skill player that they're looking for. So, I'm um, I'm again, I'm I'm trying to maintain my focus on 2019, but I'm very excited about the future of this offense with these quarterbacks uh, the Sooners have coming down the pike. 
Yeah, so to touch on kind of what you said about Lincoln Riley, I agree with you to have, you know, maybe three straight Heisman Trophy winners is just that if you told me that a few years ago, I would have never believed you in a thousand years. And what do you think about these rumors about Lincoln Riley being a future NFL head coach in the with the Redskins firing their coach this week and him being on the target list? You know, everyone looking for the new young Sean McVay. What's your yep. opinion on Lincoln Riley to the NFL? Well, I mean, get your brings truck, back it up, and uh, see if your brings truck <laughs> is bigger than Joe Castiglione's at Oklahoma. Hey, I'll tell you what. I, I am a diehard Oakland Raiders fan. I love the NFL. The NFL might be my number one, number one. Um, but if you're going to get Lincoln Riley away from Oklahoma, boy, it's going to take a lot. You know, his wife, Caitlin, and him have two young daughters, and they're very much ingrained in the Norman community. Now, you guys are young, so you might not truly grasp this. I, I didn't when I was young. I mean, I'm, I'm an old man now. I'm 44. So I think about your family. And when you think about, oh, gosh, you know, the, the billions and billions that are there in the NFL, well, there's also your kids' friends and your wife's friends and the, the, the family mindset and I guess maybe more than anything your environment and I, I just I, I don't think anyone truly understands or gets that outside of maybe coaches who have made a choice to go somewhere else and fail <laughs> you know um, I, I I know you might say it's homeristic but I just I don't think Lincoln Riley is going anywhere I don't think that he's looking at the first opportunity to take the next job to get out of here and go somewhere else. He's making a lot of money. Um, Norman is a great town to live in uh, where his girls go to school. It's a great school. Uh, his, his wife's friends are awesome. I mean, I know <laughs> Caitlin's friends are awesome. Uh, Caitlin's awesome. He's awesome. So I just, I, I don't see a situation where, you know, he might be willing and ready and, and, and wanting to leave Oklahoma. But, again, you always have to worry about that financial factor. You know, I might love where I live, guys, and I think you can, uh, you can relate to this more than anyone. I mean, I, I have two girls and a son, and I love Norman. But if you're going to give me $10 million to move to, to, to New York, I'm going to think about that. <laughs> and I might say yes to it, right? I mean, come on. So I, I think that from that perspective – you always have to worry about that. You always have to be concerned about that. But I just – I really think Lincoln is here for the long haul. I don't think it's a, it's an issue that Oklahoma has to necessarily overly concern themselves with. But you always have to – you always have to have an eye on it and a kind of an ear to the grindstone on that front. Right. Uh, sure. Yeah, uh, I, I, could, I completely agree with that. Yeah, and, and I mean, we saw rumors about Lincoln Riley maybe joining the Browns last year. You know, when the, when they fired their coach before Freddie Kitchens was hired, um, they would have been smart. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, and they might be doing a little bit better than they're doing right now. Um, but True. <laughs> yeah, that that is what it is. Um, yeah, uh, my last question for you is: you know, Oklahoma's defense gets a lot of 
you know, flack for, you know, being the weak point of this team. Um, what's your honest take on how they perform this year and how they might can grow moving forward? And, I mean, you probably know a lot more about Oklahoma recruiting than we do. Are there any defensive prospects that are coming, you know, down the pipeline to really reinforce this new defensive identity they're trying to build? Zach, you know a bazillion times more about OU defensive recruiting than I do right now, man. I, I'll tell you what, I will not BS you, man. I, I, I could sit here and blow smoke up your backside, but uh, I, I am so focused on this team right now, I don't even know what's going on on the recruiting front. But I'll, I'll say this. I am very impressed. You know, we were earlier today charged with uh, on the uh, on a TV show called Spotlight. He'll be rolling the voice of the Sooners and myself. We were charged with coming up with the five things that kind of surprised us about the Oklahoma football team in 2019. And my surprise is how quickly they've adapted themselves and, and embraced the speed D. So um, speed D, speed defense. So I, I think that um, they're only going to get better. You know, there's a guy in there, Mike Linebacker position named Kenneth Murray, that I think is going to be a superstar at the next level. So I am just, I, I, I'm just blown away with how – They've embraced this mindset. Uh, we can try to put some sort of formulaic approach to it. Is it a three-three-five? Is it a three-four? Is it a four-three? Is it a bare front? What? Well, it doesn't matter. This team is buying into this mindset of being a an effort-based defense. They're using a lot of uh, rotations. You know, guys like Neville Gallimore have played really well. Keep an eye on Ronnie Perkins on Saturday. I think he's going to have a big game. But yeah, they're. A, it's incredible the amount of improvement that you've seen from this team so far. I'm really, uh, I'm really blown away, to be honest with you. They've, they've done a really nice job in embracing this mindset, embracing this culture, and trying to take the next step to get to that next level. It's, uh, it, it's really fun to watch. Yeah, I agree. Kit, the the Kenneth Murray, that that linebacker, he's so the, good. Uh, the the first so week, I watched I watched y'all's first game, and I mean, if you go back and listen to our recap episode of Week One, I told Brandon, I was like, this kid's a stud. I don't know where they found him or how he ended up on Oklahoma, but that kid is a stud. <laughs> well, that sounds like kind of mean. I'll be honest. That, that no, it's stud, me, but, but it's but it's fine. Let me tell you something. Though. He's a good dude. He, he I, I would preach the greatness of Kenneth Murray to anyone. I'll tell you what, he's got two two brothers that were adopted uh, that are special and he, he he's gone beyond the realm of what I would ever go as as a son or or as a as, as a brother and he is just, he's special guys he's going to be something else to the next level he's a two-year captain if he comes back next year he'll be a three-year captain he, he is just he's fun to watch this defense is getting better I hope they bear up on Saturday I hope they they kind of I'm trying to not drop a bomb here, but I hope they got up on on Saturday <laughs> to, to really try to slow down that that physical running attack of of Texas. But it, it, I'm really excited. It, it should be fun on Saturday, and I can't wait to see how they respond after what was a really frustrating uh, Red River showdown last year. Absolutely. Oh, that actually one more question. So, <laughs> so I have been doing my research, and where I'm from there are like six different names for this rivalry game. Is there like an official name or is there one that I should be calling it? Let's see. Uh, it's <laughs> been the Red River Shootout, the Red River Showdown, the Red River Rivalry. Um, <laughs> OU Texas, Texas OU. 
Uh, yeah, I, I think what's happened is what, ha uh, what it really comes down to is it was always the Red River shootout. And I think there was some maybe uh, sensitive feelings towards using right. that term shootout for a game. So it became the Red River rivalry. And I think we had a hard time saying that. So it, that so is... it eventually, it eventually came down to the Red River showdown. So I think you're safe with going on any of those paths, but officially <laughs> in 2019, it's the Red River showdown. So that'll make you officialized this season. There we go. That's all we're <laughs> that's all we're aiming for. So uh, <laughs> thanks again, Chris, for coming on. Uh, we really appreciate it. And um, is there anything you want to plug before we finish up? Let's plug away. All right. So Saturday morning, you guys are both in what? Alabama, right? I'm in. Alabama. I'm in. I'm in yeah, I'm in Kansas right now. Oh, you're in. Okay, oh, we, we got one in Kansas, one in Bama. All right. Listen, yep. when you wake up on Saturday morning, my ass is up at 5 a.m. So I do a 5 a to 8 a.m. morning show on Sirius XM channel uh what 84 with bobby carpenter the former ohio state standout so i do a 5 to 8 a.m radio show with bobby carpenter central time on game day morning so make sure you check that out and uh oh yeah check me out on um soonersports.com slash podcast soonersports.com slash podcast it's uh it's where we do all of our stuff for ou fans and as always uh i'm on sunday night I talk more than just college football, guys. Pro football with my man Arnie Spanier on Fox Sports Radio, 10P to 1A Central Time, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, you didn't realize how much I had to plug, did you? But I appreciate you having <laughs> me on, and I could talk college football all night long with you guys. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. For sure. Thank you. Yeah. yeah th thank you, man. Thanks, guys. See you, man. All right. And so moving forward uh, with, our, with, our, with this episode, uh, we have Upset of the Week. Um, a segment that we haven't been doing too great on as of recently. <laughs> I mean, that's generous. I've been very bad at it. Zach started out pretty, pretty good. Um, and, and now we just kind of fell off a cliff. Uh, but here we are. We're going to keep going because we, we don't know when to stop because we we're bad people. Understatement. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So, my upset of the week picks are gonna make Brandon's head spin. Uh, so if, uh huh, <laughs> this man has picks. Yeah, I have two upsets of the week, guys. Uh, so my first one is Nebraska over Minnesota. I hate um, that. Yeah, Minnesota's a seven-point favorite. You know, comes into the game five and zero. Oh. You know, Nebraska comes in with two losses, pretty bad loss, a pretty bad loss to Ohio State, and a. I, I don't think it was a good loss to Colorado. Even though it was on the road, Colorado showed up for that game. Not a great loss. Um, but I think Nebraska pulls this out because Minnesota's defense is garbage. They're allowing over 300 yards per game and allowing 27 points a game. That is almost 30 points a game. And I think math. Nebraska – We love math. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Calculus account wins again. Um, <laughs> so, I think Nebraska will jump on – Minnesota extremely early and I don't think Minnesota is going to be able to you know fight their way back into this this game is in Minnesota I still think Nebraska pulls this one out and I think you know this is a this is a game that we will see Nebraska you know say hey we're not the best team in the Big Ten but at least we're not last it's a good point and I actually don't hate that that 
that pick as much as maybe you thought I would or as much as everyone out there listening thought I might. Um, I don't think that Nebraska is good, but I don't think that they're bad enough to have have the worst record in in the Big Ten West. So, um, you know, Minnesota can't hold on forever. You know, they're 5-0 right now. I'll be I'll be completely honest with you. I have a college football podcast. I didn't know that Minnesota was undefeated through week six. So that's, <laughs> that tells me anything about how much I keep up with Minnesota football. Um, but I don't I don't I mean, that pick really. I mean, P- P- PJ uh, I believe it's PJ Fleck. You know, they had a, he had Central Michigan looking real good while he was there. You know, row the boat or no Western Michigan. That's right. West. Row the boat. Those two yeah, I mean, school basically in my mind. Yeah, pretty much. But I mean, he was had a, he had them. You know, in bowl games, winning. I mean, and had a great culture there. So I'm not surprised they're five and zero. I just don't see them moving to six and zero. That's a stretch. <laughs> no, I mean, especially. I mean, Nebraska. They're they're a bad team. Let's not beat around the bush. But they're they're not. They're. It's, I can't even say it. I'm actually. I'm not going to say it. They're just a bad team. Uh, let's go on to my upset of the week, where Zach chooses his second one. Um, my upset of the week is going to be Washington State over Arizona State. Mike Leach. <laughs> somehow Washington State is an underdog. I guess Arizona State is no, like number 18 in the country, though, right? I will say, yeah, they're pretty good, bro. <laughs> I have one loss on the year. Yeah, but, I mean, I don't know. That It wasn't – I'm not going to give them – that wasn't a good <laughs> loss. It wasn't a good loss. You guys can see why Brandon's the heart guy. He just <laughs> Brandon's the heart guy because he just he yeah. he goes with Ma- it. I mean, math's hard. What 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 will get you farther in life, heart or analytics, Zach? Analytics, bro. I am in grad school. Like analytics are the key. I mean, that's a good point. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> He's like you make a, oh, make a solid oh, point, bro. Oh, no, I'm gonna okay. I'm just gonna roll with this. Um. Wow, what a what a change in events. I, this counts because when I looked at it, this was Arizona State was the favorite to win. Um, apparently, now the line's even. I didn't even know that you could do that. Oh my goodness! You see, guys, Brandon's bringing y'all BS. He feeds no, y'all no, baby no. cupcake oh, upsets. Come on. Oh, you! I have to win, Zach. I already told everybody. I already gave them disclosure during the pick <laughs> six segment. I have to win a game. I can't keep losing games. So you're gonna pick an even game? Like who you pick? So like, is this is a pick. When I chose it, it was Arizona State was a three point favorite. Zach. Um. Oh, anyway. Man. Anyway. So back, he's trash. You're back, so you're my dumpster fire of the week. <laughs> back to relevance. Um. Uh, Anthony Gordon probably going to have an insane game. Uh, this Arizona State defense isn't great. Um. I mean, they're allowing 15 points a game. Whatever. I mean, who have they played? They played Cal, I guess. They played Cal and they played Michigan State. Oh, sick, cool, whatever. Um, they they lost to Colorado. Uh, you know, that's not to say that Washington State didn't lose to UCLA because they did. Not going to forget that one. Washington State's coming off of two losses. Um, at some point, Mike Leach has to, like, unleash some kind of monsters or whatever he deals with. Uh, in that locker room, get this team fired up. They have to win a game, and this is going to be the one that they win. Mm. So, 
Zach, go ahead and give us give everybody your second upset of the week because apparently your picks don't hit, so you have to choose two. You have to choose a backup. Uh, hi, what? I'm winning in pick six this year and upset of the week, and all of my gambling corner picks for the past two weeks have hit. Yeah, I mean, you're not the mush, so whatever. Keep going. A- anal- analytics, when you say the analytics guy wins y'all money, hire me. I am for sale. Science is for nerds, though, and we're a football uh, podcast. We don't deal with nerds. That is also true. That is very, very true. But so my second upset of the week pick is Tennessee over Mississippi State. Oh, I hate that. I hate that with every fiber <laughs> of my being. Did you even, I didn't think we were saying their name. You're saying their name? Because they're going to win this weekend, man. No, they're not. They're, they're winning outright, guys. Are you kidding Are, me? Mississippi State comes in a six-and-a-half-point favorite. And I just double-checked it because I don't pick cupcake games like Brandon with an even spread. Oh, come on. You don't have to do this that. Game is in, this game is in Neyland Stadium. What does that mean? I mean, that means nothing to me. Neyland Stadium, guys. We, we, they won the first quarter against Georgia last week. Yeah, the, okay, yeah. But <laughs> counting first quarter victories, I mean. that they, they have a new quarterback. You know, true freshman, he looks, you know, really, really good. And, you know, I think he's going to make the difference. And Mississippi State looks terrible this year as an understatement. I mean, they were down 42 to 9 against Auburn at halftime. And they already have a loss to Kansas State, which has lost two in a row to Baylor and Oklahoma State. And they did not look impressive against Southern Miss or Louisiana Lafayette. Tennessee pulls this one out, guys. Tennessee, by, I would say probably a touchdown, maybe two. Yeah, Zach, you're really breaking my heart with, with your upsets of the week this week. Um, it's just going to make it that much better when they don't hit. So, I guess, I, I, hope guess you know, I, I hope you know when it hits, I'm making you wear a Tennessee shirt for, like, the rest of the year. I mean, I'll wear a Tennessee shirt. I'll wear the one that that kid drew because that thing's <laughs> awesome, right? Right. That, like thing's, we, that thing's pretty sick. I'll wear that. I, I agree. I agree with that. But, you know, this is a ballsy pick for me, guys. Tennessee is one in four against the spread this year. We got Zach Big Balls over here. Um, so let's go ahead and continue. <laughs> yeah, yeah it was, oh, that was kind of weird. I shouldn't have said that. Um, so let's continue to our next segment. We have storylines. Love this segment. Can't get enough of it. The people love it. We're going to give them what they want. Um, and let's go ahead and start with mine. Uh, my storyline of the week is that Joe Burrow, I don't know what's going on in his mind. Um, he didn't have to go off on all of us with this type of profanity. This time, I mean, children listen to him, right? I mean, he's, an, he's a role model. And when he um, said, when he was talking about Florida and he said, I don't like them very much, I mean, pardon my language, but this guy, can you believe this? I don't like them very much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're oh, a college man. football quarterback. You're a Heisman hopeful. You have to do – I mean, you're a role model to kids, right? You can't come out and say, I don't like them very much about your opponent. What? That's just that's – that, insane. that's an insane move by Joe Burrow. I, I, I just, know. like, I don't understand why – like, I think we talked about this last week with Florida. Why would you give a good team more bullet and board material? <laughs> You understand that Dan Mullen is going to have I don't like them very much written everywhere in their locker room? Goodness, dude. That is. He should have cut, he, he cut off the neck tattoo. 
uh, says, I don't like you very much. <laughs> That'd be kind of cool. Um, no, but <laughs> Joe Burrow, what a, what a, what a guy, what a character. Um, I don't know what else to say about that. It's just, I am disappointed. And I mean, LSU is my favorite team. And when I read this headline uh, today, that he didn't like Florida very much, I, di- I didn't. I mean, what was I supposed to do? I mean, I had to, I, I had to take off the LSU shirt I was wearing. I had to change into something else. I had an LSU hat. I had to change into something else. I mean, I can't, I can't be representing a team that, that, I mean, like I said, kids are listening. <laughs> Bro, I hope, I hope Dan Mullen comes out with a shirt that says Ohio State didn't want you. Yikes, 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 yikes. That would be legendary. <laughs> this is, this is kind of off, off, off topic, but um, when, when you said that Ohio State didn't want him, uh, this is a couple weeks back, but did you see the Colin Coward interview about yes, how Joe Burrow said that? How, how he didn't know that Joe Burrow was at Ohio State for three and asked, years. Urban, and asked Urban Meyer his opinion on him. Hey, what do you think about this Joe Burrow kid? Have you heard about him? Uh, yeah, he played for me for three seasons. Yes, I heard of him. Like I've recruited him personally. <laughs> He's like it was very tight. Twi- it was very tight between him and uh, Dwayne Haskins. I mean. It's not, that was insane. Uh, Colin Cowherd. You know what? I'm officially starting beef between this podcast and Colin Cowherd. Colin, you're never, <laughs> you're never allowed on. We don't want you on. We're going to start talking trash about you every single episode. That wraps up my storyline of the week. Joe Burrow needs to watch his mouth, I guess. <laughs> wash his mouth out with soap. <laughs> yeah. You see, if Les Miles was there, he'd make him drink like a grass smoothie. It'd be disgusting. He wouldn't want to talk anymore. I get it. Uh, yeah, I mean, he shouldn't talk. I mean, that's come on. So have some respect. Have some morals, <laughs> right? So speaking about morals and you know taking the high road and not giving your team any motivation, we're going to talk. My storyline of the week is about horns down. Horns down, baby. In case you didn't know, this is when teams play Texas. They do the long horn sign, but they flip it upside down. Self-explanatory, guys. And I came across a quote from an Oklahoma fan that, you know, I was reading an article on ESPN about this, and he said, nothing goes better together in Oklahoma than tornadoes, pork rinds, and horns down. Okay. Read it one more time. That was – I need to digest this. Can you read it that one more time? (laughs) He said, nothing goes better together in Oklahoma than tornadoes, pork rinds, and horns down. What a combo, my man. That is – (laughs) <laughs> okay i'm about to break this down this is this is brandon's uh this is brandon's uh diagnostic lab where i break down a sentence um i'm a guru trust me i know what i'm talking about he caps it off with tornadoes he didn't start out light he didn't start out with with <laughs> something maybe like whatever i mean he started like pork rinds like he could have started with the pork rinds. Oh no, no, see, see, that's my second point. So he started. He came out of the gate with tornadoes. So you have a lot to live up to, right? You never start with the strong one, right? And then he moves on to pork rinds. You can't follow tornadoes with pork rinds. And I understand that you know Oklahoma is tornado alley. Um, I mean, that's what they're known for, right? I didn't know that they were known for pork rinds. This guy. And then horns down. Horns down self-explanatory. I'm a big and advocate of horns down, to be honest with you. And, and then to make this better real quick is West Virginia 
has the schedule in their football, I guess, facility, and they have the Texas game flipped upside down. The whole thing. <laughs> the, 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 the <laughs> that is the funniest thing I've ever heard. Dude, that is so savage. That is so savage. Like, everything's the date, the name of Texas, the, whole, the logo, everything is upside down. I mean, it's kind of well-deserved. There's no... Did did the referee, did the officials, or whoever, or like the Big Twelve, come out this year and say that that horns down is going to be penalized like they did last yeah, year? Fifteen yard penalty. That is insane. What? Are yep. you kidding it's, me? It's an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. So if you get two of them, you're out of the game. You've got to be kidding, uh, dude. I, ooh, I'd throw up two at the same time. I'd test that. I think uh, Davis Steels did that uh, for West Virginia last year, and he got a fifteen yard penalty. Good. Listen, I would try to make it a thirty-yard penalty. I'd make them pull that out of their out of their bag of tricks. I mean, did did you like see the recruit who was with Tom Herman and in a picture with him threw down the horns down? No, but that's awesome. That's savage. Send me a picture right now because that wow. (laughs) (laughs) And then know that. And then Jordan Spieth was talking to like a bunch of amateur golfers, and they all took a picture, and like all the kids did horns down. (laughs) <laughs> iconic i mean honestly that's... that's but i just don't understand how it's a 15 year old penalty man like that this is such a weird culture we live in today bro like people get offended by two fingers is pointing straight down it's not even like a culture thing it's just why is that penalized but like you can do almost anything else you want i mean i understand there's unsportsmanlike conduct penalties all the time but that's usually not because you're doing a hand gesture. I mean, I guess there are a couple hand gestures you probably couldn't do. But horns down, <laughs> that's something. That's like that's a totally different thing. I mean, that's just like making fun of them. That's not even like okay. So, do, um, I don't know if our listeners have. I'm sure you know this costume ball podcast. Y'all have seen the episode on season three of Last Chance You when Malik. Um, oh man, what is his last name? I forgot his name. But the uh, Malik the kid off his, Yeah, all on season three you know, called the kid, you know, the B word in his audible. Yeah. 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 Like I hope, awesome. J- I, I hope Jalen hurts everyone. Every time he makes an audible, he's just like horns down, horns down. Like, <laughs> uh, like, I'm, or, or like, I, I, know so that, great. I, know, I know that they're amateurs. We can't pay them. If Jalen hurts did that, Jalen, I know you're not listening, but if you are, um, I have some incentives for you if you do that. Let's just let's, let's, let's leave it that way. Hey, no, and then like because they, they have to do the hand signals for the audibles. It'd be great if the symbol was horns down for like a. Oh, it'd be great. Or like if they're play cards, like just have a horns down pictured on them. That'd be kind oh, of. Oh, that's yes. Okay, guys. So we so get us a coaching gig, guys. We will make y'all happy. Get us a coaching job in the Big Twelve. Just. Mike Leach, hire us because we yeah. can make we can make Washington State so much more fun. So much. Dude, I mean, even I think we I think we can get hired in the Pac-12 or Big 12. You know, as a defensive coordinator. I mean, I don't think you have to have a resume for that. <laughs> Apparently not. Um, we're just burning bridges with any any future any future guests <laughs> right now. But <laughs> um, so I say, if Texas loses this weekend for a week, the new logo for the podcast is horns down. Yeah, hey, I'm all in. I'll do it. If <laughs> that's a good bet, I like that bet. So watch out for that next week. If Texas loses, we will have horns down as our official logo for one week. 
until Texas wins again. That's our logo. It, it's amazing. I it's love it. Be a picture of me and Zach with horns down. Um, okay, so to cap off storylines, we already mentioned it briefly, but apparently, um, apparently Trevor Lawrence has been nursing an injured shoulder on his on his throwing arm all year until now. Zach. Can you go into any more detail on this? I know that you told me about this. I didn't get the update for some reason, but um, you, you may know a little bit more about it than I do. I don't know. Apparently, had an MRI like I think I believe it was like three weeks ago, and you know it it was like a severely bruised shoulder on his throwing arm. So I mean, it isn't you know just anything. I mean, that's that's a pretty serious thing to have any type of injury to your throwing arm. I mean, and obviously this is something that would explain how he's been playing, but at the same time, like, why is this being kept a secret and why is it coming out at this point in the season? It seems a little, I don't know, it seems a little bit too perfect to me. Like, yeah, it's like really an excuse. Yeah. I mean, definitely I, an excuse. It has to be an excuse. I mean, I understand maybe, you know, maybe he was injured, maybe he was, but why are you keeping it a secret if you, if, if he is? I mean, what other programs in the country try to keep that sort of thing a secret? I mean, if, if a player's injured, I mean, they're going under injury report. Why would you threaten, you know, this guy's future even by letting him start with an, with a shoulder on his passing arm that isn't healthy? It, I don't know. To me, it doesn't make a lot of sense. To me, something's a little bit fishy about it. I mean, it's definitely fishy, but I mean, I get why you don't sit him. No, I mean, you don't I mean, sit him, but why don't you disclose that? Uh, I mean, who I, are you playing that that that? <laughs> I mean, you're. I mean, you're not like playing big opponents that you're trying to hide this injury from. I mean, I guess you play Texas A and M at the beginning of the season, but I mean, who else? I mean, they released that now. I mean, like this is the first week that they talk about it, right before Florida State. I I don't know, man. I just. I guess I didn't have a lot of faith in their backup, even though their backup, you know, was not terrible. Okay. Apparently, he suffered the injury after the A and M game. Okay, all right, that makes that makes more sense. But at the same time, I mean, that's something that people that's usually disclosed. I don't know, guys. We're gonna we're gonna dig a little bit deeper into this at some other point. We're getting to the bottom of it. Zach and I are uh, detectives. If you didn't know that, uh, we will get to the bottom of it and we will report back to you first. Um, so that, that concludes storylines. Let's go ahead and move on to another electric segment. We have Brandon's gambling corner. Um, this is basically our segment where we, I mean, it's super self-explanatory. Um, Zach made a joke about how my, my, um, upsets of the week weren't hitting and that I needed a game that was close enough that covered the spread so that I could win. So here it is. We have it for you right now. Let's cue up that music. And let's get this one started. My first pick, I have Cincinnati uh, minus seven and a half over Houston. Houston doesn't have a quarterback. Is Houston even a team anymore? Cincinnati has shown us that they are a real football team. I mean, we have Desmond Ritter, who is, I mean, just an amazing quarterback who's going to pass and rush all over Houston this upcoming weekend. Watch out for that game. This one's a mortal lock. Take the spread. Um... I mean, they, they, I mean, they're going to win this game. They're going to win this game by more than a touchdown, and it's not even going to be close. Yeah, and if you want another surefire pick, Virginia over Miami. Virginia is 
somehow a one-point underdog to Miami. I do not know, but Virginia's a ranked team. Miami's looking super unimpressive. Take Virginia, take Virginia, take Virginia, and take your money home with you. Take your money home. And here's what I have to say about that matchup. It doesn't make sense to me. Miami is the least back of the teams that are apparently back. Texas is back. Apparently Miami's supposed to be back. Miami's not back. Miami's a bunch of bumps. They were exposed the first week of the season against Florida. They've been exposed every week since then. They are a terrible team. Put all your money, put everything you got. Liquidate all your assets, get cash, go to a bank, get a loan, put all your money on Virginia this weekend. All right, second pick from me, Brandon. We got Temple Moneyline over Memphis. Temple somehow a three-and-a-half-point favorite uh, over uh, you know, they're an underdog. I'm sorry, three-and-a-half-point underdog to Memphis. Um, Memphis is undefeated. People forget that. They play in the AAC. Not an easy conference to be undefeated in, in all honesty. But Memphis has to stop losing at some point, right? Uh, they can't continue this on. They're not going to be an undefeated team by the end of the season. They're playing the AAC. This is the week that their streak is ruined. Temple wins outright. They're plus 200 on the money line. Take it. Put everything you own on Temple. And Brandon's going to love this pick. Love Take it. Southern Miss over North Texas. Let's go to the top. <laughs> Southern Miss to the top. Southern Miss is a four-point favorite. North Texas is trash. North trash. Texas cannot stop. Southern Miss. They lost to Houston with a backup quarterback. North Texas is not beating Southern Miss. This game is in Hattiesburg. Southern Miss to the top. Four points. You need them. Take them. They'll win by 100. To the top. Cover the spread. They're not called Golden Eagles for nothing. This air raid is impressive. Choose Southern Miss all day. And my chase game is going to be Washington Moneyline over Arizona. This game starts at 10 p.m. That's why it's the chase game. Washington is coming off of a pretty bad loss last weekend. Um, they need a win pretty bad. They're playing Arizona. Who even is that? There's one team in Arizona. We all know them. They're the Cardinals. It's not the Bearcats. So I have Washington money line. It doesn't matter if they cover the spread. The spread might as well not even exist. Win your money back. You've been losing all day. Take a surefire win. Washington is minus 225. Take it all day, every day, and twice at 10 p.m. on Saturday. All right, and that is, <laughs> that is our gambling corner. Um, Got to love that segment. Um, so that actually concludes our episode. Uh, this has been a good episode. You know, we had our second ever guest. Somehow, I don't understand. 13 episodes in, we're doing something right. I don't know what. I've never done really too much right in the past. Apparently, this is where I hit. Yeah, guys, uh, we appreciate um, everyone who listens, everyone who follows us on social media. We have, uh, I mean, we, you guys have been amazing. So if you want to follow us on social media, on Instagram, it is at the underscore blue bloods. You know, we have like 98 followers last time I looked. Shout out to you guys for that. Keep following, keep interacting. Tell your friends, ex-girlfriends, side hoes, step-parents, current parents, ex-parents. I don't care. Um, Ex-parents. <laughs> for, <laughs> for Facebook, it is at the Blue Bloods Pod. Um, also, shout out to you guys on there. You guys have been great. Um, and on Twitter, you know, finally, we have, you know, at the underscore underscore blue bloods one follow day us on there too 
one day it's just going to be one underscore. As soon as we can contact this calculus account, I, you know, I don't know what we're going to do at this point. I mean, I don't want to do anything drastic, but we might have to, we might have to uh, hijack this Twitter account. Honestly. I mean, we can guess their password. We can get a nerd over here. Yeah. So we're working on that for you guys. So just stay tuned for that. We'll keep you guys updated. Um, as you know, uh, go give us a five-star review on Apple, Apple podcast. I believe that's the only one you can review podcast on. Google if podcast not, too, I think. Yeah. Google podcast as well, but I really don't care. Just listen wherever you want to listen. Uh, Apple podcast, Spotify, Google podcast, anywhere you want to listen to podcasts, you can find us. Um, just keep listening, subscribe to us on wherever you want to listen and just keep up with everything going on this football season and shout out to you guys for all that. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Uh, leave us that review, leave your take in the comments of that review. We will read whatever you put there. It doesn't matter. You could, I mean, you could like copy and paste an entire Wikipedia article. I'll read it. I don't have anything better to do. Um, so, uh, that's our episode. Thanks for listening again and we'll see you on the next one. <laughs>